0: Love Talk Radio. Amazon Queen of Matamba West Africa wage war against the slave hunters coming after. Henderson from Brooklyn, New York, little education through rap. And after all, happy Black History Month. And isn't that a part of what Black History Month is supposed to be about? Is educating other people on African and African American history and culture as well as educating ourselves? Do you even believe in African American History Month? Well, we're going to talk about that today As a matter of fact, the title of our show today is Black History Month, Black Agenda, and Unity Black History Month, Black Agenda, and Unity Because that's what Black History Month is supposed to be about There's probably no topics that get talked more about in our communities Not Black History Month, but we do talk about education, and we do talk about unity, and we do talk about the black agenda, but it seems that that's all we do is talk. We're going to get into it. Let me first tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Uh, Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity, and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways that we do that is with programs like Our Own Voices Live. We also came initially from our our origin, our genesis, is from Our Own Voices The print and digital magazine That talked about our history and culture Other people's history and culture So we can all be educated on one another A great gentleman in my life Sam Smith, Samuel L. Smith Used to say that the reason why we're not able to do more Is because we haven't taken the time to get to know each other And that once we know each other It would knock down some of the barriers that separate us And then we could go and we learn each other's strengths and weaknesses and can maximize those and then cap, uh, capitalize off of it. So that's what we're here to do. And this is how some of the means that we do it. We also do the annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil that was uh, just, wow, not even a month ago, January 14th. It was a rainy, cold night. But we still had some people to come out. And, and thank you all for coming out, those that did and those who watched the live stream, because when you put an event together, you want to you wanna get it to the people that you intended. So I know it was uh, the weather was tough, but as I said at the event, did Dr. King let the dog stop him? Did he let the baton stop him? Did he let the beatings stop him? Did he let imprisonment stop him? So there was nothing that was going to stop us that night. And a big shout-out to everybody who came out. We also do things like the weekly gathering, also something that was started by Sam Smith. Every Friday we meet at the West Side Bistro inside of Nevada Partners, located at 710 West Mead Boulevard from 12 to 2 p.m., where we just get together people from the community with varying opinions. All we ask is that you bring a hunger for some food, Some knowledge and to share Be respectful Come with an open hand of friendship And lead With a new friend And so we do that every Friday And on the months with Fifth Fridays we do it at TC's Rib Crib uh, 35th in the nation On Restaurants 35th in the nation Matter of fact the only one that made the list right here in Las Vegas, TC's Rip Crip. And that's on months with five Fridays or when the West Side Bistro is closed. We also do a monthly Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue cleanup because here in Las Vegas, for those of you who don't know, we actually have a larger than life size statue of Dr. King, and we also have a street named Martin Luther King Boulevard, and the statue just happens to be on the street. One, if not the only one in the nation to be, Uh, to have that distinction. So we are unique here. So on the third uh, Saturday, we go out there and clean up, and it's another opportunity to meet and greet some new people, meet right in the community. And we do a host of other things. We try to get involved. We don't want to start a new organization, but we do want to help the organizations that exist, whether it's the Urban League, the NAACP, uh, some of the community centers we have, or a host of other uh, nonprofit and organizations, if we can augment them, help them out to become better, then we all become better. So that's a little bit about our own voices. Um, I'm part of the Speak Up Network. Brother Brother Franklin G. from Power 88.1 KCEP, uh, 88.1 on your FM dial. Uh, He has the Terrestrial Radio. He's the brother part of the Speak Up Network. We have Brother Lee Vaughn out of the be area with real radio radio established to address life it comes on every saturday at 11 p.m that's east coast time we have brother thomas berry with rant radio and that brother's doing some stuff with a school up in the twin cities area that you all need to hear about because it's a school that has an afrocentric education really what it has is accurate education and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show because we have a chance to do something like that here in Las Vegas. The reason why I've mentioned these other brothers with their radio shows is because I believe that we have to collaborate. We have to find each other. And I do believe we have to set aside our differences because there's always going to be those. But if we stay focused and if we're truly loving our people like so many of us profess, you know, black power, power to the people, my people, the brothers. I love my brothers. I love my sisters. You know, we hear all of that rhetoric. But can you really love your brother and sister if you're talking about your brother and sister? Not in endearing terms. If you're calling your brother and sister names, whether it's Cone, even Negro has become a derogatory term, whether it's N E G R O or K N E G R O. Can you love your brother and sister if you're calling them names simply because they disagree with you? Can you condemn them? I've even heard some brothers and sisters say that, hey, you know, the first we need to get rid of is the coons and the this and the that. Well, who are you to determine who the coon is? Because some of you who called other people that, I know what you do. And you know better, in some cases worse, than the ones that you're calling a name. I believe in the concept of finding out what we have in common, focusing on that, working on that to completion, checking that off of our to-do list, and then moving on to the next, whether it's with that same person or group of people or with somebody else. Because the idea is to move forward Well here in the Speak Up Network And with our own voices live That's what we want to do We want to find you You don't always have to agree with everything But whatever it is that we agree with Let's work on that Let's set aside everything else Let's let's Maybe grow some thicker skin And not be so Insulted And offended It's almost like that's the Word du jour is I'm offended Well Maybe we should be Committed and less offended And get some things done So as I said Our show today is Black History Month Black Agenda and Unity And on that Black History Month piece Since it's supposed to be about education I have a quiz And I got this from one of the relationship groups I belong in, and I thought it was a great way to – I've been doing quizzes from, you know, January, because as far as I'm concerned, it's 365, but we def- I definitely put more emphasis on it in January, February, and June. And there's other months anybody could do it, but those are the ones that I've chosen. February for it's Black History Month, January because it's Dr. King's uh, birthday month and it's the first of the year, and June because, well, You all know that Juneteenth obviously is in June. So I put more focus on that. Uh, So the question, here's the quiz, here's the question. Here's the question. Call it African American History Quiz Number One. From my sister girl from a relationship group. It says the question during this era. Marriages among African Americans it increased dramatically, and why? That's the question. It's a certain era that marriages among African Americans increased dramatically. What is that era, and why did it increase? 347 826 9600. Area code 347 826 9600. Press option one, and that's the number one on your keypad to speak, and answer that question, or you can just chime into the conversation. So our topic today is Black History Month, Black Agenda, and Unity. And then our quiz question, once again, African American history quiz, question number one. During this era, marriages among African Americans Increased dramatically, and why did it increase? Three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. I would love to hear what you all have to say to that. Uh, and I, I like it that it was that question because it talks about relationships and whether it's a relationship with a man and a woman or whether it's just relationships between us in general, we have to have honest relationships. We have to do the thing that enhances the relationships. You have to work at it. It doesn't come easy, and it's not kept. So, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. I'd love to know if anybody has the answer to that question. And for those of you who may have forgotten the question, it's African-American history quiz number one. During this era, so we wonder what era is it, marriages amongst African-Americans increased dramatically, and why did it increase? 347 I posted that question, I believe it was yesterday. Probably have about a 1,000 on that question, a bunch of likes and so forth and so on. But very few people actually answered the question. And the people who did, there were a few people. And when I say few, that's actually just what it was. The few people who tried to answer the question no one got it right no one and i'm kind of curious about that do we know that there was actually a period in our existence here in this united states of america where the majority of us were married do we have have we forgotten that up until fairly recent times African Americans of a certain age group were more likely to be married than white people? That's right. In my lifetime, now I am a little over a half a century old, but considering the span of time that we've been in this country, most of that time we have. Been married Family people I, I wanted to start off that question Because family Is the relationship Of all that we are And all that we ever Will be And if we don't have the family piece right Then we can never fully be right Can never fully reach or achieve Whatever it is that is there to be reached and achieved. That's right. So I started, and I wanted it to sort of be a, a myth buster too because of so many negative stereotypes of African-American families. Uh, what it is to be a family. What well, Most of the time we hear what it isn't or that it isn't, but the reality of it is that it has been more of it than there hasn't been. So that's our question, three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. I hope that throughout the show we can have some people who will chime in on that. Probably could do a whole show on just that topic, but I know that it's going to take a while. And if you need to Google it, you know, I, I would prefer that you tell us what you think from just your experiences in life uh, versus looking it up, but and, and I'm going to reveal what it is before uh, the show's over, if no one else uh, is able to call in and and get it. because it, it is important. It's, it's good information. And Black History Month is supposed to be about providing education. And informing us as well as informing others. And I found out that we need to be informed about us just as much as others. So, of course, as we talk about Black History Month, do you all celebrate Black History Month? What do you do for Black History Month? What does Black History Month mean to you? And do you even feel we need to have a Black History Month? I've heard people, these are black people, say that we don't need a Black History Month anymore or say that it should be 365. Now, I'm good with it should be 365, but the reality of it is it's not 365 because we can barely do it in the shortest month of the year. So if we can barely do it in the shortest month of the year, what makes us think we could do it all year round? So, again, what do you do in recognition of Black History Month? What does Black History Month mean to you? I mean, you don't get a day off. You don't get the whole month off. There's usually no Black History Month sales that I'm aware of. Maybe there should be. Maybe black business people should have a Black History Month sales activity. I mean, all other major holidays do it, and maybe that Black History Month sales idea could be all month long. We make a concerted effort to purchase in Black businesses. Now, some people say, "Well, that should be 365." I agree with you once again, but once again, the reality is that it is not. So, and and it is. Asking for a lot because we don't may not all have all of the merchandise that we want Maybe we don't even have all the merchandise that we need You know, have you ever thought about all of the people who say we need to have a revolution that that should be part of our celebration? And Have you noticed that? Well, let me just ask you. Do you know of a black gun gun? Whether it's in the black community Or any place in your town or city A black gun store In other words, a person or person That actually own a gun shop That can legally sell weapons Hmm. Just a thought Maybe that should be on our black agenda section When we get to business Just a thought so, for Black History Month, what do you do to celebrate Black History Month? One of the things I do besides doing the show that talks about our history and culture throughout the whole month, and I always try to talk about our agenda. One of the things that that I like to do is I like to share. I make a concerted effort to read a little something extra about our history and culture uh, to attend different events that may have something to do with our history and culture, maybe participate in meetings of uh, groups that have African-American or black centric uh, focus. I like to reflect on where we were, where we are, and then contemplate where we should be and how to get there. And I use the past and the present as my guide. So Black History Month, what is Black History Month to you? What do you do for Black History Month? Do you even really think about it? I mean, what I've been hearing a lot about, and I'm not against it because I'm going to a Super Bowl party today, is I've been hearing a lot about the Super Bowl. What about the issues of black people? How much have you heard about that? And this is Black History Month. See, this is that, this is that one month, this one time frame that though people may not like it per se, but that we can talk black. We can be black, we can look black, we can just share black because it's our month. Well, are we doing it with our month? Are we maximizing this opportunity of having a whole month that's dedicated to blackness? How do you show Your blackness How do you be black Who do you educate On blackness How do you educate them How do you educate yourself On your blackness It just seems to me that Black history month There should be Something more Happening Than at any other time of the year For black people You know, we don't have to say black and brown in Black History Month. We can just say black. We don't have to focus on anyone else in Black History Month but black people. We don't have to piggyback on other people's agendas because we can actually solicit them to join ours. It's our month, Black History Month. What are we doing in Black History Month? Are we talking about our agenda? Are we working on our agenda? Are we establishing our agenda? What does Black History Month get us that the other 11 months didn't? At the end, because it's a short month and it's going to go fast. At the end of Black History Month, are we any more fulfilled? Are we any better off than we were in January? Did we lurch forward in anything more in February than we do in any other month? Is is it a time where... We set aside some of the differences that we've had so that we can unify. What is Black History Month to black people? It was something that was fought for. It started out as Negro History Week, and everybody knows who started. Everyone knows who started Negro History Week. For those of you who... May not or may have forgotten It was Dr. Carter G. Woodson Yep That used to be the first question Always That would be the first question for Black History Month Was who started it But I figured everybody knew You know Carter Dr. Carter G. Woodson is, Was a writer, he was an educator uh, he, uh, he wrote the book The Miseducation of the Negro I'm sure many of you have heard of that book Are we Miseducated today I hear brothers and sisters often talking about We're the only group Or the only race of people That send their children to be educated By their oppressor Well Here's the thing If that is important to you And you don't believe that it should be that way Then why are you doing it when I hear people often say comments like, we're the only group of people that do this or that allowed this or that, or why don't we do this or that? The thought bounces into my mind is, well, we're here now. Let's do it. And I tell you what, this has been my experience. is If you're in a conversation or around people who are saying what we need to do, what we should do, what we haven't done, what we're not doing right, I found this a great time to solicit those people right then and there to say, okay, I mean, you know, if that's your thing too and you have time, because it may not be your thing, but if it's your thing, that's a great time to say, all right, let's, let's, let's work this out. Let's do it. Let's do it. If, if you say that we're the only people that send our children to be Educated by the oppressor, and in this case, the, the oppressor is white people. All right, what's stopping us from building our own schools? Or what's stopping us from taking over the schools that our children are already in that we're supposed to be actively involved? In? What barrier is there? Because laws, civil rights laws, that's to break down the barriers that keep us from being able to live our lives as freely as everyone else lives theirs, right, with all the access. The advantage of America So if these are things that we say that we want Then why aren't we doing I say just let's do them So uh, Black History Month So since Black History Month is about education I had a little question At the beginning of the show And the question Was What era says, during this era, so in this particular era, marriages among African Americans increased dramatically. So what is that era, and why did they increase so much? Does anybody have an idea? 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600. I would love to know if anyone knows what the answer is. Once again, our Black History Month first quiz is during this era, what era was it, marriages amongst African Americans increased dramatically. Can you tell us what the era was and what led to that dramatic increase of marriages? Did you know that there was even an era that had this large increase of marriages. Did you even know that black people used to be married? Most of most of them. Hmm. Because if you didn't know, yes, that is a fact. As a matter of fact, and I said this at the top end of the show, that it, at a, a certain group of black people, it was more likely for that age range—black women thirty-five and older. To be married than it was for white people Yes, that's right Surprise, surprise So we want to know what era Was that And what contributed to it 347-826-9600 347 826 Would love to Get your Input on that So So We had three phases, three segments of the show today. The first was Black History Month, just the fact that we have a Black History Month. Uh, The way I phrased it was February is African American History Month or Black History Month. What does that mean to you? And I said, I, I even hear some people who say we no longer need it. Well, I disagree with that. But some black people do say it. Since we have it, what are we doing with it? And what difference is it making? And I said, heck, what difference can it make? What are we doing with this month that so many people fought to have? And what difference is it making? What difference should it make? Can it make a difference? 347 Zero zero. I'd love to hear your your take on that. Uh, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. This is Rodney Smith in the air chair today, and our topic is Black History Month, uh, Black Agenda, and Unity. Our Own Voices Live comes on the air Saturdays as close to twelve thirty as we can. Today we are actually on thirty minutes late because the the, the platform was uh, just slow to respond, but we finally got on, and thank you all for holding on. The good thing about it is that these things are podcasts, so if you, you, know, you, you tone in, in at our regular time at 1230 and you didn't hear us and you have to check back, you'll see that it, that it is uh, uploaded in, in the podcast. And Once again, the title of our show today is uh, Black History Month, uh, Black Agenda, and, and Unity. And for Black History Month, a lot of it came down to what do we do with Black History Month? And some people say that we don't need Black History Month. I believe that we do. But what do we do with it? What do you do with it? I mean, is is there anything different that happens in February for Black History Month in your world, in your life, that doesn't happen in the other uh, 11 months? I mean, really, what do you do with Black History Month? 347-826-9600. I, I, I'm, I'm curious. What is Black History Month to you? So I kind of hit on that topic, and, and uh, you know, we have a couple of other topics that I'd like to get to. And those other topics are uh, Black Agenda and Unity. So before we get to the black agenda, I'm going to go slightly out of turn. And I want to talk about unity for a minute. Because often we speak about unity. And some of the things we say is, if we could only come together. And it's usually said around a group of black people, three or more, maybe a room full, will say, we could just come together. And a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Theodore Ransol, says, but but we are together right now, whether it's 2, 3, 12, 20, 50, 100, we'll be literally there in close proximity to one another. But we will proclaim, if black people could only come together, we could do this, that, and the other. So we say we have to unify. Maybe we don't know what unifying is. Maybe we don't know what unity is. Well, the next time that you hear someone say, if we would only come together, we can do thus and so, maybe remind them, because they may not, you know, they may just have forgotten or they're so into whatever they're saying, that you're together at that very moment. So what is it that you want to do? Or the thing that you're saying that could be done if we were only together, let's stop and talk about it right then so that we can do it. While you have your captive audience that maybe you didn't realize you had. Because that's what I think sometimes is maybe we just don't realize that we're together at this particular moment. We're in the same place. So since we're together Instead of just exclaiming, if we could only come together Let's Act like we are what we are Together And then do whatever it is Whatever that thing is That led us to saying If we could only come together Now to me That is power To me What is power to you What is coming together to you What is unity To you And when you hear someone say If we would only come together How does that resonate To you I I have to admit I've gotten in the habit now When I'm on the uh, Wherever I am And someone says, if we could only come together, we could do this and so. I say, all right, I'm here. Let me know more about what it is to see how I can fit in. I mean, I I have my own projects, right, and my own things going on. but, But let me find out what it is that you want us to work together on if we could only come together. So I can see if we can work on it starting right now since we're actually together. That's what I say. You know, and in unity, I did want to hit on something else when we talked about unity because this is something that really was highlighted to me the other day. Because we talk about in unity coming together and having political power. And I wanted to do this unity thing before I did the black agenda thing because it it plays into that as well. Because in the unity is about us coming together, we unify, uh, we collaborate so that we can move forward on a thing or a thing. Well, we have to know what those things are. Now, everybody's thing or things may not be the same, but we still have to know what they are. Oftentimes, I hear, well, we're not a monolithic group of people. I don't know a monolithic group of people. I, I just don't know who that is. So when people say that, it, to me it's almost like a non-sequitur because what is it referencing and how does it, you know, what is it, what is it relating to in the conversation? And what is the point of it? So when we talk about unity, We can have a bunch of groups, like in Las Vegas, and maybe in your place we have the Urban League. We have the Black Caucus. We have the NAACP. That's just three. We have the Urban Chamber of Commerce, the Black Chamber, uh, the Black Business Councils, excuse me. Uh, We have a bevy mentoring groups. We have all of these things, right? And I thought of it like as I thought of businesses, because sometimes you have, maybe you have five PR firms, and they're small mom-and-pop type operations. And there's a construction project, and it needs a PR firm. As a matter of fact, it put out a bid for proposal for PR firms, and it's looking for, a diverse PR firm. But as a part of the requirement, you have to have a capacity of such and such. And none of these single mom and pop firms that apply have gotten accepted because they don't have the capacity. Now, oftentimes what happens, especially if it's a set-aside or whatever form, a white business or other will partner with the small mom-and-pop black business, and in this case i use the PR firm, and then that white-owned business will say, since this is a minority set-aside, I cannot apply for this particular post, but I understand that you do not have the capacity. So what I'm going to offer you is because I do have the capacity. We will establish a collaboration. I will provide the capacity that's needed to satisfy this bid for proposal, and you will be the minority lead on this. But the split, the revenue split, will be 90-10, 90-10. In other words, the white business that's kind of excluded by the law that we fought for couldn't get that position but because we are maybe five mom and pop shops and none of the five independently can satisfy that bid request that we partner with white company A to get 10% maybe the five companies the five black companies together only had 20% capacity individually so they none, none of them would qualify for that particular bid and the white businesses aren't eligible for it because it's a set aside so five separate white companies each establish a relationship with the five separate black companies that only met 20% of capacity. And then the white owner of each of those five companies that reach out to the five black businesses offer them 10%. And then one of them bids, or they all bid, but one of them gets selected. But they only getting 10%. My point is, each one of them individually had 20% capacity. But they needed 100%. The white business owner who's not able to bid for it because he's he or she is white, usually it's a he because then women fall under a different set aside because they're considered a minority, right? So we're going to say it's a white male. His business is not able to get that contract because he doesn't meet the requirement as a minority. The minority businesses only have 20%, 20% capacity apiece, and it's five of them. So... A white business will contact the black business and offer them 10% and say, hey, it's better than nothing. But that black business had 20% capacity. As a matter of fact, all five of the black businesses had 20% capacity. Here's the thought, and this is the unity piece. Each one of those five black businesses that had 20% capacity apiece so they didn't qualify for the contract. Each one of those five businesses with that 20% capacity at a black established some type of collaboration or LLC, so that then they put their five 20% together, which equals 100% of what's required for that contract. They bid on the contract. They get 100% of the contract, and then they split it, Five ways, which is 20% apiece, because that's the capacity that they bring to the table. That's 100% more than they would have gotten if they partnered with the white business. Right? Twice, twice as much, 200% wise, twice as much. And they got the contract and they built capacity. And because they've done the job and they've established a relationship that gives them the ability to do it again. That's unity. It just happens to be business unity, but that is a form of unity. And look how much more each one of them got. They got 200% more. First of all, they got the contract. They got the experience. They're in the door, through the door, in the house. And look how much money they just made. Because before, none of them were going to get the contract because they didn't have the capacity. Or only one was going to get the contract because they partnered with a larger white firm that only offered them 10%. Now, maybe they didn't like the guy or the gal in business two, three, four, and five. Well, heck. The white person is doing business with you may not like you, but it's business. They like the green, the money. They just want the end of it. Yeah, it's easier to do business with people that you like. No doubt about that. But this is business and the idea is for your company to get ahead. So if that's the objective of business then do business if you're going to do it with i mean what's the point of having a minority owned business and you go through the minority contracting and you do all of that right so you can get the set aside if you're not able to do business you can dislike the other guy and still do business with him that's unity that's a form of unity and here's another thing about unity it's hard to unify with someone who's calling you names. It's human nature. We have feelings. We try not to take things personally, but we you know, we have feelings. And I wanted to address this issue under the, under the unity topic because Sam said that we have to get to know one another. And Sam says once you do that, you can find out people's strengths and weaknesses, and then you can move forward. So I had noticed on social media, and even in real life, but it proliferates social media, name-calling. Now, when I was a child, a couple of things I was told, maybe a few. One of them was sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Name-calling physically may not hurt me. And to a certain extent, name-calling mentally may not hurt me, but it might, especially when it's untrue. And if I'm calling you a name and you're calling me a name, how are we together and how can we unify? So when you're calling somebody a coon and uh, a negro N-E-G-R-O and the K-N-E-G-R-O and all these other bootlickers and just all these, this name-call it, right? Because it's something that you don't agree with. But who says you're right? I've heard people say, well, when the revolution starts, those are the first we got to get rid of. What are you saying when you're saying that? Are you saying that you're going to kill your brother, your sister? What does that mean? You're going to imprison them? But yet you say you love black people. I love my people. I'm here fighting for my people. The it wasn't for these coons and these this and these that, and you see them going over here doing that. First of all, you don't know the background on why that person is probably going to do this or that. Now, I've heard people jump on Steve Harvey. I've heard people... Jump on I believe it was some Someone Holiday a singer uh, Chrisette Michelle people just All over them for participating in the Trump thing Now some people are going to automatically say Oh well Roger, you're supporting Trump Therefore you are This that and the other and you sell out And you can't do I didn't say I supported Him but it was income It was a performance And there's A lot of venues that we People perform in Where You may not like the people, and the people don't always like you, but they're paying you. Some people were talking about, some women were talking about the exploitation of black females in rap videos. But then another group of people would say, but they got paid. And as long as they got paid, it's okay. The end is justified in me. And I thought, hmm. I'm not sure which one is right, but I'm hearing both of these. On one side, they're saying that black women are being exploited. But on another side, they're saying, but get that paper, girl. I don't know which one is right. But is one a coon, whichever side that they're on? And who determines that? Who's the arbiter of coonhood? I don't know. But what good is it for us to focus on those things? Sam Smith says, and I've said for years, let's work together. And he says the way that you work together is you get to know one another. I said that we set aside our differences. Maybe I have a list of 10 things. You have a list of 10 things. Of the 10 things on that list that you have and that I have, there's one thing that we have in agreement. Now, we can stay and argue, fight, become divisive, name-call each other about the nine things that we don't have in common, and that's what we do, and eventually go apart. Or we can say, all right, I see this. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, there's one. And then that person does the same thing and they say, okay, Rodney, hey, that one thing I'm good with. And we work on that? I say, yeah, let's let's do that because it's one thing that we have done. Because while you're working on that one thing and then eventually you accomplish that one thing, it's accomplished. We're better off because of it. But if we don't work on that one thing and we argue, bicker, fight over and separate over the nine things that we disagree with, time has passed. With no positive Forward Momentum Now I know some brothers they say Well we need to argue That's how we solve our differences And in theory that's correct Discussion Is supposed to provide Understanding and enlightenment And then you move on But is it reality And that's what we have to deal with Is reality If if that happened, then we would be further along than we are. So we have the NAACP that doesn't work with this one. We have the church organization that don't work with that one. We got the youth organization that don't work with the church organization because they think they got the young people don't want to work with the old people because they think the old people will sell out some faith. Got the old people don't want to work with the young people because they think the young people know what they're doing and they're lazy, so we do a lot of nothing or here's here's one that's just as bad We all work in the same area, but on building it, but we build it differently. Imagine building a house with three different sets of blueprints three different sets of blueprints so you got one person over here that has the blueprints to a ranch style house you got a second person over here that has the blueprints to a mediterranean you got another person over here with the blueprints to a contemporary house They're all working on the same house, but they're using different blueprints. What is that house going to be once each one of them is done and can it ever be completed? Here's one. There's three different groups that are not talking to each other and they want to do something. They want to pass some legislation. Now, each one of these groups go to the legislators that are responsible, and they say they want this. One person wants the thing to the left, one person wants the thing to the right, and maybe somebody else wants the thing that's below. Three different directions. So the legislator gets it. He puts forth a bill that has a little of all three of the things in there. So it becomes sort of a general bill. But it is focusing on a thing, but how to get the thing is sort of a hodgepodge. So then once that bill is signed into law and the implementation starts, because it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of this over here, whoever's implementing it decides, well, if I got Since there's three different things in here And this is what the community says That they want Is to get this thing done But they don't mind it being done in different ways Then I'm just going to put it together The way I think it should be together I'm going to implement it that way Or I'm going to try to implement All three of these perspectives Which ultimately means You get something That looks nothing like Any of the one Individual requests Looked like Did that really help us Or When the person says hmm, Well since this is so different Maybe they just don't really care I'll just do it my way But their way doesn't give us anything Does that help us I found out Here's another one You have a mentoring group Because I do a mentoring this way You have a mentoring group over there They do a mentoring that way It's the same community of students Now, for each one of those mentoring groups to work, they have to have people, which is a limited commodity. But because they all have their own little way of doing things, they're pulling people from this limited supply of people to accomplish whatever it is. So they never get enough people because there's multiple groups and organizations trying to do the same thing. And because they need money, they oftentimes go into the same people, whether it's people in the community or whether it's businesses. As a business person, I often get asked for donations for mentoring programs. And if it's not money, it's the donation of my time. And I have so much time I've decided I've only want to go to one program. Now the other two people feel, as the young people say, some kind of way about me because I went with this one versus theirs. But there's only so many of me. Well, there's only so many volunteers. So how about this? Instead of having 20 different mentoring programs, that's all trying to mentor the same groups of people that's asking for money, they all need some type of office space. They all need T-shirts. They all need tables, chairs, and they all need scholarships, right? Instead of having three separate organizations, how about that they collaborate? Maybe one has a little bit of money. Maybe one has a brick and mortar. Maybe one has a great connection and has a bunch of volunteers. You see, now they collaborate and they use the strength of the other and they're better off because of it. Maybe instead of all three organizations going to their representatives and giving three different inputs on a bill that turns into law that's a hodgepodge of the three that gets implemented in a general fashion because it's from three different perspectives, how about those three groups? That are both looking, for example, at education Say, I want to help improve education Well, I want to help improve education Well, I want to help improve education All right, so we want to help improve education Got it What is it that we want to do? Well, I think we should have a this I think we should have a that Let's have a meeting of the minds And meet in the middle Put it together And then collectively go to those legislators And say, this is what we want I think that's hugely important. So that's unity. I said that we were doing three parts, Black History Month, Black Agenda, and Unity. We've done Black History Month. We've done Unity. Quick Station ID, you listen to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast, 3.30 p.m. back east. I'm Rodney Smith, and our topic today is Black History Month, Black Agenda and Unity. We've already talked about Black History Month. We've already talked about unity. In Black History Month, we asked, "How do you celebrate it? What does it mean to you? What's different that's done in this month, in your life, in your world than in any of the other 11 months? And then we talked about unity, uh, you know, what is unity to you? How, do we set aside our differences so that we can work together? How does ridiculing another person, how does that help us unify? I suggest that we stop the name calling, whether it's Cone Negro or any of the other things that we call each other because we have differences of opinion and loving our brothers and our sisters. I asked a question for Black History Month at the very beginning of our first Black History Month quiz. During this era, marriage among African-Americans Increased dramatically and why in other words what era did marriage marriages among african-americans? Increase and why did they increase? Our number to call in is area code three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred Press option one to talk Uh, You can go to our Own voices live and answer the question there or if you didn't want to talk on the show today on air uh, You could comment I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, I am not in the chat room today. I am not in the chat room today uh, simply because my co-host wasn't able to uh, participate in the show today, and I'm running the boards and everything by myself. So I'm not in the chat room, but you can go to Our Own Voices Live. That's up on Facebook, and you can leave questions or comments there. So the third section that I wanted to hit today was the black agenda and I want to hit this all month Because this is our month right Black history month February we can talk about it But It's only 28 days it's going to go fast Now let me tell you something about the 28 days Again We've heard it so much that it's become a truth The, twi- the reason why The month For black history month Is February Is because Negro history week Was in February And Negro history week Was sort of The time was picked as I understand it if you all understand it differently, please let me know Is to coincide with Frederick Douglass's Birthday and Abraham Lincoln's birthday now Frederick Douglass's birth date is a little ambiguous Because he was a he was a slave. We know when Frederick Douglass died. He died February twentieth in Washington D.C. We think he was born around eighteen eighteen. We think he was born he was born around eighteen eighteen, but we're not sure. But we know he died February twentieth. Well, and and we believe his birth, you know, we believe he was born February 18th, so circa February 18th, and we think it was in uh, 1818, which would have made him 77 when he passed away, right? So we know that Frederick, we believe Frederick Douglass was born in February but we know he died February 20th. So Black History Month, Black Negro History Week, had something to do with Frederick Douglass's uh, when we think he was born, the month that we think he was born in, and for sure the month that we know he died. In. Okay, so Negro History Week was around Frederick Douglass's uh, date of departure and when we. Think He came into the world Now When I was growing up Abraham Lincoln's birthday It was a holiday You had uh, Abraham Lincoln And Washington Those were two days off in February Or Well it's President's Day Really For Black History Month, Abraham Lincoln was born February 12th. Frederick Douglass, we think, was in February, and we think maybe it was around the 18th. So, Black History Month was hey, these uh, Frederick Douglass is a great abolitionist, orator, leader spokesperson we know he died february 20th abraham lincoln freed the slaves however it came about that is the reality of what happened february 12th so let's make black history negro history week around that time frame to commemorate both of those individuals and that's how black negro history week started and then negro history week turned into Black History Week, and eventually it turned into African American History Month or Black History Month. So that's why February came to represent Black History Month, African American History Month. So it's not like somebody shortchanged us. It's what we put together. That's what we chose. And I thought it was important to say that. So in this Black History Month, I want to talk about the Black agenda. I want to talk about the Black agenda every week. I would like to talk about the Black agenda every day, but I would like to build it. And you all know that we have a Facebook page called What Do Black People Want, the Black Agenda? And the reason why we have that is so we can talk about our agenda. Because how do we get something if we don't establish goals and priorities to achieve those goals? we have to have an agenda. If you don't have an agenda, you're, kind of, you're everywhere. You know, we always attach ourselves to other people's causes because they have an agenda. And people say, well, there's a bunch of agendas. That's right. We need to pick one. Make one, pick one, uh, con- condense what we have. We, we need to have an agenda, a list of things that we want accomplished. I say that there's no better time to talk about it than Black History Month. because We can talk freely, we can talk openly, or not amongst ourselves, though. But we can do that. Black History Month, right? What should be a part of that black agenda? Well, someone I know from Facebook, I I call her Sister Sandra. She listens to a person called Yvette. Oh, shut up, I forgot her name just that fast. Yvette. Cartel, I think. I'll, I'll look it up for you. And she does videos. And on her videos, she talks about various subjects. Now, I don't agree with her in everything, but there are some things that I do agree with, with her in. And she does a segment, Yvette Carnell, T-A-R-N-E-L-L. And uh, she has a DonateBrown.com uh, site. Uh, and she has a, a blog, a, a video blog. Uh, that I believe a show actually is called Breaking Brown. And she was talking about what she thought should be our economic agenda during the presidential, President Trump uh, presidency. And I know what I bring up. Something just invoking The name Trump All of a sudden There's neck rolling Eye rolling, head rolling, everything rolling So I'm 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 used to it But if we want something Regardless of who's the president We have to know what it is that we want And I say we don't have time to wait Four years just in case there's Somebody else there Some people say oh well he's not going to last that long Maybe he doesn't, but that does not mean the next person will be any better than him. Or let's say he does last four years and get reelected. He's a long liver. He's healthy. Then that would be eight years of us doing nothing. Do we have eight years to spare? Does anybody have eight years of their life to just black out? I'm not going to work for eight years. I'm not going to save for eight years. I'm not going to eat for eight years. Can anybody do that? I don't think so. So here's the thing. There's some things that we need economically, educationally. Economically, if they are going to build, whatever it is that they build or rebuild, airports, roads, bridges, buildings, institutions, schools, That means there's going to be jobs where there was not jobs before. Are we prepared for those jobs? Are we going to say, I don't want those jobs because that's a Trump initiative? Because if that's what we're saying, I think it's a mistake because somebody's going to get those jobs. Some businesses are going to get those subcontract positions. And some people are going to get those prime positions. And then there's going to be people who's going to work for the subcontractor who works for the prime. And they're going to have money that they're going to want to spend. So are we going to say, hey, did you get money from working on that job that came about through President Trump's administration? So I don't want you spending it in my store, assuming that we have a store. Are we going to say that I am unemployed? Because I was not willing to take a job That came out of the Trump administration So there's going to be jobs There are going to be Millionaires and billionaires Made from that Some people are going to say well all money's not good money You're absolutely right But what I find Interesting We know What Wells Fargo Did to black people During the whole housing Boom and then bust. We know that they got fined. You know, they fired like five thousand people for cheating people that they probably paid that they paid them bonuses to do, right? But they save faith, They survived. Those five thousand people out of work. So we know what Wells Fargo has did to the black community, but yet we still have our money in the Wells Fargo bank. So I guess that's why there's a disconnect with me and so the Trump administration don't work with them because. He's horrible. But yet there's other horrible people, institutions that we do business with every day. We give them our money. So what I say along with Yvette Carnell is there's some things that we can do that we can improve ourselves. We can become subcontractors with a lot of the building that's going on. And one of the things I think we should we should be saying as a part of our black agenda Is that we want set aside Specifically for black people Not for brown and Blacks and people of color And minorities We want them specifically for black people And then give them the reason Is that usually even though There's set asides And there's uh, minority uh, Insertions In construction contracts By the federal government Most of the times black people don't participate in it Because they're don't have the capacity, they don't have a this or that, whatever it is. So we want set it and because it says minority, all of these prime contractors with the government say they met the minority requirement because they have white women, because white women are minorities. Well, white women are minorities. The federal government identifies them. So a white businessman hires a white woman. As a subcontractor And she hires a bunch of other white women He has satisfied His minority hiring uh, Quotient For that contract So that's why it's important That it's specifically black We want the small business Administration To loosen up on lending money To black businesses How about that now, some people say, "Well, they don't have the capacity to do this." So maybe not. all right, set up a program. And matter of fact, there's already a program set up. It's called SCORE. Run those people through SCORE. SCORE knows every facet of business. So you want to get this loan for this contract that's going to be led on such and such a day? Okay, sign up to take this series of classes or seminars where you will be educated on the proper way to do the this or the that so that you can receive this money to ensure that you don't put yourself in trouble by receiving money that you don't actually know how to handle. And you wind up being in greater. Now you're in debt and you didn't satisfy the contract. So maybe there's a penalty. See, there's ways around it. So that could be a black agenda item right there. Maybe set up mechanisms to so that black companies that don't have capacity can find other black businesses and that then they can collaborate where they have capacity and they can do business. Because here's the thing. Black people tend to hire black people. White people hire white people. Mexicans hire Mexicans. Chinese hire Chinese. Asians hire Asians. That's just how it works. Well, so when we have businesses. We can go out and hire Johnny and Jimmy and whoever, right? So that is a critical component of whatever it is that we do. If they're going to actually create all of these jobs and business opportunities, we need to be at the front of the line to get those business opportunities and to get the jobs from those business opportunities. So those are just a couple of simple things that we can do as a part of our black agenda. Now, here's one that I want that's not business, but it has something to do with business, because oftentimes businesses say they don't hire black people because black people aren't qualified. How about if we make sure that our education system, where our children go to school, are being trained in the areas where there is always a need of employment, And or train our children to have an entrepreneurial mindset. We can do that. How about a part of our black agenda is to have our school boards and legislators ensure that the curricula throughout all schools pre K that are public funded pre K through 12th grade. Integrate and incorporate African-American slash African History and culture Throughout all curricula. I presented that On a page and a guy said that I was Racist For wanting to Have our education system Talk about the contributions That blacks Have made Throughout history in the country And through the world Said I was racist for doing that But yet we have a Eurocentric education system that excludes the accomplishment of black people. It's not just black. They exclude the accomplishments of Mexicans and, and even Asians and others, specifically black is what I'm talking about because it's Black History Month. I can talk black. See how I had to qualify that even in Black History Month? But he said I was racist for doing that. But yet it's okay for them to do it. You see? So, this is something that means something to us because it has long term ramifications and implications. It's how we see ourselves, it's how other people see it. We, tr- we teach dysfunction in our society. We teach whites to feel superior to blacks because everything that has ever been has been created by white people, and everything that black people have ever had has been because of the benevolence of white people. You see? It teaches one a sense of superiority While it teaches the other A sense of inferiority And then That becomes a part of the Societal structure So in that area alone We could change How we look at each other and For those of you who say we don't need a Black History Month Maybe we really wouldn't If we were educating people enough, Because isn't that part of what Black History Month is about is educating people on us because they don't know about us and there is really no formalized mechanism for them to know and we're going to talk about other black agenda items so i i spoke briefly about education and we spoke briefly about business development job creation and we talked a little bit about relationships with our question once again our question was during this era Marriage among African-Americans increased dramatically, and why? What is the era, and why did it increase dramatically? Well, that era was Reconstruction, and a part of why it increased so much is, one, they were free to do so, and slaves, men who were separated from their slave wife or wives, often traveled great distances to reunite those families, and they knew that it was important to be a unit. In some cases, a slave man may have had two families, but he actually united with both of those families to raise his children and to be with his women. He could only be married to one legally. Ill. So the reason why I thought that was important was to destroy the myth. Excuse me, the myth that black men are not with black women today because of slavery. When in reality. Black men were with their women during slavery as much as they could be, and they went to great lengths to be with their women after slavery during Reconstruction. Reconstruction answered the question. That's when marriage rate was high amongst African African Americans. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live, and today's topic was Black History Month, Black Agenda, and Unity. We asked the question during this era, Marriage among African Americans in the street increased dramatically, and why? And the answer was Reconstruction. And there was a bureau set up that helped them. Do any of you know the name of that bureau? Leave us a message on our own voices live or the show page. Our, and you can always go to our own voices. Well, until next week, you've been listening to our own voices live. Our topic was Black History Month, Black Agenda, and Unity. Uh, we'll further the discussion on Black His, on the Black Agenda. And we'll have another question for you next week. Until then, everyone, be safe. Bye-bye.